0: All right, so top 20 out of top off mistakes. I've made the mistakes, you've made them, unless you're a genius or super lucky. <laughs> and often they're really catastrophic mistakes, either for the tank or your home. So you'd like to avoid them. If you haven't had one of these issues yet, make sure to watch today because you can avoid them altogether.
1: Oh yeah, and even if you have had them before, some of us get a little rusty and I've even made some of these mistakes in the recent past. So uh, good refresher for everybody else. All right, so number one is actually reducing the reliance on mm. these devices by... Yeah, the mistake here is not, cons- uh, not considering that you can actually reduce the amount of evaporation and, you know, put some lids on or stop, you know, as much turbulent uh, surface area agitation at the top of your tank. And then that limits the amount of uh, reliance you have on the ATO and dumping in water constantly. That was actually one of my favorite
0: things about the old BioCubes. Uh, oh yeah. Had the lid on yeah, there. Yeah.
1: It probably evaporated like a cup
0: of water a week. Yep. There's no reason for an auto top off in that case. I just dump a <laughs> cup of week and water in there a week, it was fine. I did trap uh, like heat and not perfect gas exchange. So there is a trade off in all of this, right. but if you want to limit the amount of water that you evaporate into your house or the consumption of your auto top off, you can just aim your pumps a the lower so it's just not as turbulent on the surface mm-hmm. of the water you can you know, not have a fan or anything going across the top of it. So if you're uh, you have a fan in your hood or whatever, consider whether or not you actually need it. Yeah. And then actually the tops on aquariums, like a tight fitting hood, or even the glass sheets on the top of it can actually dramatically reduce it. Like, you know, go from maybe 20 to one reduction. You yeah. will reduce some light and some other things along with it. But if evaporation is a problem in your house, there are solutions. All right, number two,
1: this is probably one of the most important with this specific device. Yeah, the mistake here is not walking through the mental process and not considering what happens or what will happen if it fails. And that's failing in the on position and constantly filling up your tank or even just not turning on at all. So, I mean, there's both sides of the coin that you have to consider here. And this is a common mistake. So every single device on your
0: aquarium, as long as you're successful for a matter of years, yeah. is going to fail. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so you have to think about what's gonna happen when this thing gets stuck on or it gets mm-hmm. stuck off. In any case, you have to understand that. And so getting stuck on often means that I'm gonna flood my tank with uh, fresh water, but also Salinity. like what's underneath it? Do mm-hmm. I have uh, you know Brazilian hardwood floors oh, or yeah. something? Uh, is it just cement? So maybe not a big deal. Uh, do I have like a uh, Kalkwasser washer in, in my auto top off? So the pH is going to skyrocket. Ro- also, how would I know if it failed off and it was slowly getting uh, losing all the water and possibly gonna run my sump dry, which in case it may like burn up my return pump, depending on the return pump that you have. So what happens? Like how long, like a lot of the sumps, that little compartment where your return pump is, is the first thing to dry up. Oh yeah. How long do I got? Is it a matter of hours? Because if it only holds uh, two gallons of water, it might be in a single day that this thing stops operating and then you lose your return pump. It's actually the lifeblood of the whole system. So really think about that and then start to think, how could I avoid those
1: issues? All
0: right, number three should actually be like the number one biggest no-no of all the things in reefing.
1: Yeah, that's a, the mistake here is relying on float switches alone. So, you know, some of the old, older top offs of the day that were just getting started relied on a high level float switch to turn off and a low level float switch to turn on. And those were in your sump. Those were in the, you know, the salty creep areas, the precipitate areas. And it's a moving mechanical piece, which is just prone to fail at some point in time.
0: Yeah, so here's the big deal here, right? Is this thing, uh, whether it's this design or the more typical float down here, mm-hmm. is this thing rests at the water level exactly where salt cl- uh, creep collects, exactly where like on the top of it snails crawl across, yep. you know, organic films build up. This thing will always get stuck. It's just wet, you yeah. know, and like it's not like those mythical wends like between here and 10 years from now. No, no, no. It will fail quite frequently in many, many, many cases. So the float switch alone is just not a good enough solution. And you should either back it up with a float valve or multiple float switches, or even dissimilar technologies mm-hmm. like an electrical eye as well. All right, so number
1: four is something we just talked about for a second ago. It's super valuable. Yeah, this is missing the uh, the value of a float valve. So not a float switch where the float switch tells electronics to turn off and on, but a float valve that's just non-electrical, independent, dissimilar type of technology, and it holds back water by pressure, push closing the valve. So like you said, it's just like your toilet or float valve in that, you know, once the toilet fills up or once my ATO reservoir fills up, water stops coming through because the valve is closed. This is
0: actually a perfect addition to any ATO. But mm. if you're going to buy one of the, like try to save some money and get one of the cheaper ATOs out there, yeah. you can get them for like 60 bucks, then the $12 addition of a float <laughs> valve, just drill a hole in your sump. There's a uh, drill bits for plastic, there's drill bits for glass, they're super easy. Mm-hmm. Just drill a hole in there, put this little float valve in there. And now even if your ATO's optical eye fails, the electronics inside fails, the float switch fails, this mechanical valve actually works really well just mm. stopping the flow of water. All right, so number five, I was super guilty this early on and I didn't really understand it and I let it go too far.
1: Yeah, this goes back to that evaporation conversation and missing the salinity changes that happen with you know auto top off. So either if, if I got a small tank or even somewhat larger tank and I'm used, so used to just, I walk by it every morning and I'll dump a cup in or I'll dump a gallon in, Maybe you miss a day, maybe you miss two days and the salinity just starts to rise, rise, rise because only water evaporates, not salt. Yeah.
0: So salt is staying in the tank, water's going. And so what people are missing is all the levels are going up with that. So Mm. the calcium levels are going up as it gets more concentrated. The alkalinity levels are getting more concentrated. Every single element in the whole tank is getting more concentrated. As the water level goes down, salt stays, water goes. So early on for me, uh, I, you know, I had a pretty busy life right about that point in time. So sometimes in my first tank, dude, I would see the water level get below the trim sometimes and like it'd be a few gallons of water going in there. So, you know, I you know, no, now know. Yeah. So that's one of the biggest values of an auto top mm-hmm. off is it doesn't just keep salinity and water levels the same, which is visually attractive. It's keeping every single element in the tank stable. All right, so number six is something that has a double-edged sword to it. So you really gotta think about it a little bit.
1: Yeah, this one is uh, mistakenly sizing your ATO improper, your ATO reservoir improperly. So, you know, I've got a 40 gallon tank, five gallons will probably get me through a week maybe, Uh, but you know, on a 100, 200 gallon tank, my little five gallon reservoir, probably not gonna get me but like two days, maybe three days. In the reverse of that though, I do have to be cognizant of, okay, so I've got a 40-gallon tank and I have a 10-gallon reservoir. That means I have 10 gallons available, if something happens, to go into my tank.
0: And it will always fail when it's full. (laughs) Uh, It happened to me once, 10 gallons of calc went in there. And then the reason I woke up and heard that little pump gurgling and normally I would have slept through it. But like somehow I knew that I just filled that thing that day. So for it to be empty. Yeah, so a big, big deal. So yeah, ties the thing to the right size of your tank because it goes back to that first thing, which is, you know, making sure you're thinking about what happens if it does fail. Will Mm. 10 gallons of water, you know, kill my tank? Probably you got a hundred gallon tank, ten gallons of water. Probably tank's probably going to live through that, uh, but will the floors? Yeah. You know, and what will happen below that? If you got ten gallons of water that hits the floor, is there an electrical panel that's below that, mm. or is a, there like a nice sofa in your basement that's below that? <laughs> you know, think about all the different things that can happen, and how much water you know will your sump and tank hold if it overflows? Because mm. you probably want to go above whatever the sump is going to hold but I also don't want to go so low that uh, like, what's the point of adding it out, out of top of if I got to fill it every two days. Yeah, true. So the nice uh, in-between for me is generally trying to find something that will get me through a week. So every Sunday I can just go fill up the, mm-hmm. like part of my weekly maintenance, go fill it up. Uh, and uh, so just think about the size and in relation to safety and convenience. All right, so number seven, this is for all of you that don't have a
1: sump or use an all-in-one system, what is it? Yeah, the mistake here is not considering the siphon that can happen by running my tube up to the top of the tank, uh, but putting the tube inside of the tank and thinking when it pumps water in, that's fine. But once that pump shuts off, it's starting to back siphon my, my tank down into my ATO box. My ATO box, my little five gallon ATO box probably can't handle the amount of water that's coming down its way. So never ever
0: submerge the tube up here because as soon as the pump turns off, it's just gonna drain water until it goes (laughs) back down in there. All right, so that's for all of you all-in-one tank owners as well as those you don't have a sump because that's where you're gonna port the water into. And I know this because I made that mistake once, so you don't have to be me. All right, so number eight, Back when I used to answer the phones, this is a really, really, really common issue. Uh, People got really mad about it, but it's just physics. Uh, It's not (laughs) a failure of any particular design. So what is it?
1: Yeah, this is uh, not considering for the siphon in the sump. So you have a sump, you're feeding your ATO into the sump. And when your pump shuts off, it does. It keeps pumping water and you just can't figure out why my ATO reservoir keeps draining so fast uh, and why I keep filling up my tank and it just doesn't shut off. And so we've gotten this, I've gotten the phone call too. uh, No, my pump's not shutting off. Well, it's the output of your ATO is at or lower than the water level in your ATO reservoir. And so when the pump shuts off, it just gravity feeds and fills it back up. But there are answers.
0: So the clarity stake here, if your water level here in your sump and your pull or in your in your ATO box is higher mm. than the point at which you feed into the sump, soon as it creates the, starts pumping water in there, it's going to create a siphon and it's just going to drain down to that point. Mm-hmm. So you really got to think about this because this is probably one of the most common failures <laughs> of any ATO. But there are some solutions.
1: Yeah. So this one, you know, you can mount it higher. You can make sure that okay, I go and measure my ATO reservoir box and it's 20 inches. Well, I'm just gonna go over here measure 20 inches and make sure that the tip of my output ho- a hose is of 20 inches or above. Yep.
0: Another solution is you could use like a little push connect fitting and drill a hole in the sides of, side mm-hmm. of it to make a siphon break inside of your container. It'll probably leak a little bit of water, but it'll leak it into your reservoir, yeah. no big deal. Yep. But then when it turns off, it
1: will suck air in and break the siphon. Mm. My favorite one that uh, you come up with was Take a, you know, a half inch piece of PVC tubing or any type of tubing, but, and, and then just build a tall tower that you can actually just feed your ATO into. So that way you're not splashing in the tank. It's going down the tube, but you're mounted definitely higher than your ATO reservoir. And, and a little piece of the PVC tubing is pretty unobtrusive in the sump.
0: Yeah, there's all kinds of solutions to this, but just make sure, you know, if your container for your auto top off is taller than the point you feed into your sump, you're probably gonna have problems. All right, so number nine is actually something that like uh, all of you that watch a lot of
1: BRS TV probably are familiar with, but if you don't, a lot of people are missing. Yeah, this uh, missing the value of the flow lock. And that is you've got, uh, you splice your RO tube feeding your tank or feeding your ATO reservoir. And you put this little mechanical switch in there that if it senses water, it expands a piece of cotton or what have you inside flips open a valve and shuts the uh, the water off. So no electronics, no nothing, simple. So here's the thing, is there's all kinds of
0: leak sensors and contraptions out there, like the Apex has them. You know, they're not, uh, you gotta have an Apex, you have to have all the sensors, yeah. it's, you know, kind of expensive. There's actually really simple solutions to this as well. And that's a flow lock again. Mm -hmm. It's just this little cotton pad that expands and triggers a valve, right? Soaks up the water. So for probably less than 15 bucks, you can put this thing wherever you think that the water would overflow from if it did go over the edge and your auto top off failed, put it there and that $15 thing will save your floors, whatever needs under it. And uh, also probably save up some mopping as well. (laughs) All right, so number 10 is also one I used to get a lot on the phone uh, and I experienced myself for the first few times, so I know
1: exactly how it goes. Yeah, this is uh, assuming that Kulk or Kalkwasser won't hurt your ATO pump. And uh, it's you know, it's pretty caustic and, and it also builds up, uh, you know, it, it builds a, like a precipitate type film in there, especially if you have your pump in the sludge at the bottom of it, or if it comes in contact with it. So there is now a lifespan on your pump if you're using it with caulk.
0: Yeah, super, super caustic and there's really high levels of calcium and alkalinity in the water Mm -hmm. often, you know. So when you submerge it in there, it is going to wear out the pump way, way, way faster. So pumps like this guy right here, I found that they last somewhere between nine and 12 months and then they're done if you're gonna use them inside of uh, a washer solution. So just know that. I mean, you're using it in the harshest environment possible. So you're probably gonna wear out the pumps faster than if it was just fresh water. Number 11 here is something that when I say it out loud, I know it, but (laughs) like I learned it the hard way.
1: Yeah, this is uh, the mistakes here, assuming that the ATO just doesn't need to be maintained. And that's just not true, especially, you know, some of those optical sensors, especially like the float switches, uh, they get buildup on them and they get precipitated on them. The pump itself gets, you know, some buildup and stuff they just need to be cleaned. And that's how it goes with every mechanical piece of equipment in our tanks. At some point in time, it either needs to be maintenanced or it's gonna fail faster.
0: Yeah, so here's the thing is like, most of the time when I see, you know, people talk about how their ATO failed, my Mm. first question is, when's the last time you cleaned it? (laughs) Mm, Well, never. So like a thing like this, a water level center isn't designed to operate perpetually without any maintenance right. or cleaning any of the gunk that stops the moving parts or the optical eye gets dirty. Of course it needs to be cleaned, right? And so you might be saying, well, I don't want it. Well, you can actually <laughs> buy some options that uh, don't need to be cleaned as often. The more redundancy it has, allows mm-hmm. you a little bit more effort or uh, wiggle room rather in, in that. You know, part of the reason why I like the awesome later so much is it's just never failed me on the various mm. redundancy catches each other. But it is something that you do need to maintenance. You do need to clean the moving parts, the optical eyes that read water. If you don't, you should expect it to fail. All right, so number 12 is something I heard tons and tons of people say you just shouldn't do categorically. Mm. And I think it's just wrong.
1: Yeah, the mistake is uh, thinking that you can't do this automatically. You can't auto top off straight from your RODI and you absolutely can. And uh, it's something that we've started to adopt in multiple tanks around here. Uh, I mean, you guys have seen it on the BRS-160 how uh, we've got the multiple layers of redundancy, we're using a a solenoid, you know, tied to switches and optical sensors in the tank, but that's backed up with float valves, backed up by flow lock, has a watchdog back there. Uh, And so an auto flush on our RODI, you know, so there's a bunch of those layers that we did to make it uh, available to us.
0: I would call it just risk management. Yeah. You know, so you <clears> are <throat> hooking up basically a never-ending water supply directly to your tank. That sounds like bad news and in some <laughs> ways it actually is. However, if your tank is going to thrive because you have more time available to do other things for the tank, mm. maybe it isn't, you know. So and you're not constantly running your ATO drop box yeah. dry and all kinds of other issues. So If uh, you hook up your RO system directly to your tank, do it safely, meaning use the float valve. That'll Mm -hmm. be probably the redundancy. You use a solenoid, the solenoid will fail. So make sure just to change those things out periodically. Mm. So I would say change it every six months, but definitely every year. Don't wait for it to fail. Yeah. Uh, Cause it is probably the biggest failure point in the whole thing. And then also use the things like flow locks. Uh, and that thing really doesn't, I've never seen one fail. It soaks up water and triggers it. And so between those three things, if all of those things fail, maybe you just weren't meant to have a tank. And I say that facetiously, but like really there is a point where you can do risk management. And again, if the thing's over uh, $40,000 floors and all this other fancy stuff, maybe you don't want to do that. If it's in your basement and it's not going to hurt anything or you just trust these levels of redundancy, it can
1: absolutely be done. All right, so number 13, I basically just said it. Yeah, I know is uh, the mistake is to trust the solenoid. These are powered valves. So they power on, they open, they turn off, they close. Uh, So, you know, as many times as you feel, you think about how many times your ATO turns off and on in a day, a week, a month, a year. And this thing is constantly powering on and off and on and off and things, uh, you know, pieces of equipment that do that have a a lifespan. Yeah, so
0: I've found that almost all of these things last no more than a year. Mm. Uh, and so uh, they generally heat up and get really hot yep. and then any calcium or anything in the water tends to uh, gunk it up. And so uh, for me, uh, I would only trust them to a point. They're like a, almost like a check valve. Yeah. They are maybe the primary thing, but I mean, you need to back this up for sure <laughs> uh, and with different mentalities. So if you use a solenoid on anything in your tank, make sure that you replace it beforehand. And don't, if, it's in, if it fails, and you haven't thought about what, how it would fail, you probably haven't done your homework, and it's probably gonna have a really negative result in your tank. So solenoids should only be trusted to a point, they should be maintained and actually replaced frequently. All right, so number 14, this is one that uh, I think Thomas did a video on recently, and yeah. a lot of people here didn't actually even know much about.
1: Yeah, this is uh, missing the Tunes RO water controller. So, you know, you think about it, uh, my, RO, my RODI unit, You know, we're told to flush it before each use for five to 15 minutes, to get rid of some TDS creep and things like that, that might build up. But if I have this hooked directly to my ATO reservoir, or to my tank, that means I'm missing like the flush and all it is is just refilling every time that the valve goes down and up. So I'm barely, you know, refilling this thing. And this is where the Z RO water controller comes in in that I have a high float switch, I have a low float switch and it allows me to drain my entire ATO reservoir first, then kick on the RO DI water. So that way I'm getting, you know, straight flush or straight fill from my RO and essentially reducing some TDS creep.
0: Yeah, so if uh, you have like 500 TDS water, like I have at my house, when you turn it on, it's going to be 100 TDS. Yeah, right. I'm gonna burn through resin like nobody's business. But even for you at home, if you're got like 100 TDS water and it probably turns on at like you know somewhere between 10 and 15, Mm -hmm. not a big deal if you're just going to use a batch and the first gallon of water is that way or Mm -hmm. whatnot. But if you hooked it directly up to your tank and it's constantly turning on and off and just, it's basically just gonna be feeding, you know, 10 to 15 TDS into your resin and burn through it. Mm -hmm. So this is one of those solutions, the RO controller that they make, which again will fill a bin up all at once and then you can draw from that and then it won't turn back on until it hits the low point at which point it will fill back up again. So this is a great solution specifically if you're going to hook it up right to your tank and you want to manage TDS creep, but really anybody that wants to manage TDS creep, it allows you to make large batches of water all at once without all the effort of manually turning it on and off. All right, so number 15, you've heard me actually say one specific product for like a decade and there's a reason for this.
1: Mm. Uh, The mistake here is trying the latest, greatest, newest gadget. So uh, I've got three optical sensors, I've got four, I've got eight, I've got a dozen, you know, all these layers of redundancy built in uh, and just kind of getting sucked into that, that new, latest technology and being, you know, the pioneer that tries that stuff out and like you say, like you say all the time, pioneers often get shot in the back. It's true. They find new lands. Yeah, they uh, do. Uh,
0: and it's fun. <laughs> but uh, this is one of those cases where, like, I don't really care about all the glitz. I just want you to like replace the. Fresh water that my tank evaporated. Yeah. I don't need fancy functions or anything like that. The Oscillator awesome does that the best for me. Uh, we use it every single tank here and I just trust it. Mm. And like I have never encountered one uh, my, myself that has failed in the on position. It do get dirty, a little eye, and it won't turn on sometimes, mm-hmm. but that's just maintenance. On is what I'm really worried about. It's never happened to me. And so uh, it's what I trust. And then all the new stuff that comes out, like I feel bad actually for all the new ATOs that come out because I'll just never recommend them. (laughs) It will take years uh, of personal use and seeing other people use them because when this thing goes, it can Mm. catastrophically mess up my house and my tank. And it's just one area where I want to use something that is the most trusted option out there. All right, so number 16, I get asked this all the time, and you can't.
1: Yeah, it's the, the mistake is using the Tunes Nano on a large tank, and it probably has Nano in its name for a reason. I mean, there's some limited run times on it, and there's really only one float valve or float switch. So when you're looking at this thing from like a, a cost-saving standpoint, if you've got a large tank, just spend the extra money and get the one that's appropriately sized for that tank.
0: Yeah. So I think the mentality here is like, I know the Osmolator name, but I want to save some money. Yeah. Right. And, cause it's a lot cheaper. Uh, but the thing is, is it has an internal timer. Mm-hmm. So it will only like allow so much water through it before it just turns off. Yeah. So it is not an uh, appropriate for a tank this size. And so make sure that you get the right tool for the right job. And the Nano is for Nanos. All right, so number 17, there's actually little hidden Easter eggs inside of some <laughs> of these boxes that you may have never known about and most of you probably actually don't.
1: Yeah, uh, this is, uh, the mistake here is missing those hidden Easter eggs and missing some of those hidden features in some of these. You know, a lot of uh, the, uh, especially the osmolators, but even like the JBJs and stuff, they have some, you know, internal timers before they shut off, pump speeds and all this other stuff. So specifically like uh, on the Nano, uh, the Tunesy Nano, you can adjust whether it's, for tanks up to 25 gallons, I can have my flow rate or my max flow time set to 1 point, or 1.45, so about a minute and a half. But if I have a larger tank and I need it to run longer, then I can just change this little uh, this little prong over one space, and now I'm at two and a half minutes.
0: Yeah, so you can change the amount of time that's on and uh, change how much water can go in there. Yeah. So I get a little bit extra, maybe mm-hmm. not as nano, but also not a super huge tank. Yeah. All right. So inside of this awesome leader, there's actually a little dial in there. And mm. so you can change the head pressure and flow rate of the pump. So you can tune it down. And so why would I want to tune it down? Mm. Well, what if uh, I just don't need that much water? I don't want it to pump water in very fast because mm. then the internal timer or limiter won't go off uh, or when you not have too, too, too much water go yep. there. So I should actually tune it to just about above what I actually need. Give it some time to slow down and whatnot. Uh, or you know, it goes up to like four meters, I believe. So mm. if you really need to get extra height out of it for some reason, you can crank it up. Also inside of there is a alarm setting. So maybe I want the alarm to uh, only go off if the float switch gets triggered, but I can also have the alarm go off if the like time limiter, meaning it's been on for 10 minutes. So Mm. it just turns off the alarm goes off then. Or maybe I just don't like alarms uh, because I let mine run dry all the time uh, and I just turn the alarm off. There's a little jumper in there that you can switch. Also, same thing inside the JBJ. Uh, that one has a, a little dial in there. You can take it apart and there's a little screwdriver in there. You can change the time at which it just automatically turns off. So make sure like, actually read the instructions yeah. of some of these things because there's hidden
1: little gems in a lot of them. All right, so number 18 is actually kind of close to something we just talked about. Yeah, this is uh, not considering the head pressure of the pump. So, I mean, these are little pumps like this and uh, they they can only pump water so high up and so a lot of tanks you know the standard tank is probably like four and a half ish feet maybe if so if you're pumping up to the top of the tank Uh, but even then like you have to understand uh the the limitations of this pump so i can't have this thing in my basement and try to pump you know pump it upstairs but uh some of them do come with you know uh, adapters that you can swap out and put your own pump on there so you can you know adjust to meet your own needs but there are limits to how high these things can pump
0: so if your uh, auto top off you're buying comes with a pump, I'll say most notably this teeny little guy yeah. uh, is a, uh, you really want to think about, you know, whether or not that's the right tool for the right job. If your sump's like only a foot off or two feet off the floor, it's probably any pump is going to work. Mm-hmm. But if I'm pumping to the top of a tank, a different solution, or if I need to go a pretty good uh, distance horizontally, I should think about that. So think about it. I know the tunes Oscillator awesome is probably the best pump mm-hmm. of all of the auto top offs that
1: come with the pump. Mm. I think I can say that pretty confidently. Yeah. That's pretty good. yeah
0: I, I can't think of actually one that's even close.
1: The PMUP might have a pretty mm. good uh, head pressure on it too, but I think this one is. been pretty The PMUP so.
0: actually probably has uh, mm. or the ATK yep. uh, when it yep. comes with the PMUP probably has way more head pressure actually, uh, but also a price tag that comes with it. So yeah. Uh, just think about the, the, what well, the right tool, right job, and get the right size head pressure for the solution or height or vertical length that you want to pump your ATO water. So number 19,
1: they do fail. So what is that? I mean, some of them, um, some of our gear we have to replace heaters, everything, you know, these things need to be replaced. And you know, every once in a while, your pump's gonna go out and you need to replace it. So uh, you gotta, the mistake is not considering the replacement cost of the pump. Uh, some pumps, depending on where you got your ATO, it might be hard to find just the pump alone as a replacement. You might have to buy the whole thing uh, or there's other ones that are cost effective. Like I think the Tunes Osmolator is like a $25 pump replacement. So. So it makes it, especially if you're replacing it because you're using it in caulk water or you're just going to preventatively maintenance it, consider the cost of the replacement pump and how does that fit into your maintenance rhythm? I'm gonna
0: take this one step further.
1: Yeah. When you're shopping for
0: an ATO, go and look and see if you can readily buy uh, the replacement there pump. There you go. Because it is a, like a moving part that will wear out, mm. right? So you're gonna wanna make sure that that is available. If it isn't available as an option, I just skip that option entirely. So make sure that whatever ATO you got has a readily available replacement pump and hopefully that it's affordable as well. All right, so number twenty is actually a, like one of my favorite projects of all time. Uh, so what
1: is yeah, it? number twenty is missing the fact that you can hide your ATO reservoir. So I don't need this or a garbage can or something you know sitting right next to my tank and looking ugly and things like that. I can actually make it a piece of furniture. I think I got a forty breeder off of uh, Craigslist one time, and it was the whole set. And he actually had a footstool side box that he made his own acrylic ATO reservoir held 10 gallons, was all marked up. But the best part is, is I could actually sit on it, change my shoes and stuff down by the, or over by the door, and it just would function like a regular piece of furniture.
0: Yeah, so I started off with a bucket next yeah. to my tank, oh, yeah. and then I ended up with uh, like, a little like plastic container with a little rug that was over it just to try to like hide it to some degree, (laughs) but it was always ugly. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things you can do, if you can't fit something like this inside of your sump area, uh, this obviously looks nicer than a bucket, Yeah. but outside of that is go to your like favorite, uh, like home goods or discount furniture store, Mm -hmm. and you can almost always find a footstool, a chest, or a type of piece of furniture that you can put next to the tank that looks totally normal next to the tank then put your container in there. And in fact, uh, some of the projects we've done is built acrylic uh, cases that fit perfect inside. It's easy, yeah. So like go to one of those home good places for 50 bucks, you can find a nice piece of furniture that goes next to the tank, matches your decor, and you never know that there was a bucket of water inside. All right, so if there's one thing that everybody takes
1: away more than (laughs) everything else, what is it? Yeah, for me, it's the float valve. And don't miss the value of Thirteen bucks, twelve bucks, whatever it is, and how much that can save your floors, your tank, your your life, essentially. Because uh, I'm gonna hook my RODI up straight to it, you know, because I, I like to have my box filled all or my ATO reservoir filled all the time. I'm gonna put it in here, and I'm gonna run an ATO out of here. So, I have to say, the float valve, get yourself one if you don't have one.
0: Yeah, so I rarely uh, am in complete agreement uh, with Mandy here, <laughs> but actually this is the one takeaway for me as well. So whether you get something super advanced like the osmulator that's like uh, just produce some of the best results, or you get a much less expensive mm. option, you can back that up with this $13 little tool. Drill a hole in your sump, put it in there, mm. and now like you really have probably you know, reduce the chances of an issue probably like by 30, 40 fold. That's of huge. both of these things failing at the same time. And, you know, considering how big a deal it is when an ATO fails, this is just a, sort of a cheap, easy, easy solution. So if you want to see the best and you can see the cheapest, you can see the best and actually a bunch of them that are best at very specific applications that may be something in your house, our best of the year auto top off video is right here.